0: Listening to the Fem Foundry podcast with me, Pips Taylor. Now, Fem Foundry is a new home for womankind around the world. We are a one of a kind global community and we've bridged the gap between the professional and the personal. And this podcast reflects just that. Hello, how are you doing? I'm back for series two and I'm actually joined by our founder and CEO, Amy. Amy, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you,
1: more importantly? What's been, what's been going, lots been going on. Well, since,
0: since I last spoke to you, I've had a baby, haven't I? (laughs) I I mean, it was only like five and a half weeks ago, but I, yes, I've had a baby and there's no instruction manual.
1: I mean, how rude! It's so rude. <laughs> and how's it going? Like on Instagram, obviously, I spy on you on a daily basis, I you make it look very easy and fluid and like. Oh, but
0: we know, them. we know, Instagram's not real. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, he he's really sweet, little baby Aloysius, Louis for short. And yeah, he's kind of just super cute. Um, I'm hoping he's going to crack a smile this week because oh. it's coming into week six, and it'll all be worth it. Because at the moment, he's just an eating, shitting machine, <laughs> but he's very cute. <laughs> How's it going at Fem Foundry? What's going on? I've, I'm like really excited to get my teeth stuck back in. Yeah, I feel
1: like we've had our baby with Fem Foundry and our new totally. app. Um, version two is out. So that's um, all been really exciting, seeing that come to life. And the community is just growing at a rapid rate of knots. Um... It's great.
0: I'm in the app and I'm just seeing all these new members. Everyone's oh. saying hi. Everyone's like interacting with each other. And there's loads of stuff going on in the app as well. I just love it honestly like i'm just really humbled
1: every day at the moment like genuinely without being like oh, give me a bucket um it's just we're just having so many amazing conversations and women like reaching out for loads of different things on the app and um i think my pinnacle moment uh, so far with the app of my career has been like Someone saying, oh, where did you meet this person about our NFTs and this really exciting project we've got coming up? And I was like,
0: in the app, in our own
1: app. It wasn't LinkedIn. It wasn't anywhere else. We met her in the app. Um, <laughs> so that's really exciting. Yeah. So loads of really cool stuff coming up. Uh, loads of really great events and regular features starting to come on as well. Tell me about the NFT project, because that sounds really exciting. I know it's launching later on in Feb, isn't it? Yes, it's really exciting and also hilarious because I knew nothing about NFTs probably um, about three and four months ago. I'm still very much learning. So Aren't we are. Um, yes, exactly. And that's what it's all about. It's about making it really accessible and trying to sort of demystify it. And for anyone who's like me, who's like, oh, what the F is an NFT? I do not know. Um, to come and learn with us and make it really accessible. And most importantly, oh, everything we do in the app is about female capital. Um, and this is a way of bringing that, you know, to women and allowing them to sort of learn how to invest and how to have a bit of fun as well. Yeah. And um, and the artwork's really cool. It um, is. You know, our designer has done an amazing job. So shout out to Paola, because if you haven't seen them, go check them out. They are fucking cool. Yeah. So
0: um, we've got a really nice post in the app. because I've been in there having a little look around, interacting with people. I actually can't see from my screenshot. So <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, but learn to accept and receive compliments you're worthy of the compliment let it sink into your being and become part of you that's nice that's nice i think we all struggle to accept compliments as well so i think that's a sort of a good
1: learning tool to be able to start to accept compliments absolutely so amy
0: hello hi (laughs) but hello okay so hello as in the magazine Oh! oh hello! I thought yeah, thought you see like, what I did oh, there? I
1: thought you were just having a mad episode from having did a Did you baby. see what <laughs> I did there? <laughs>
0: so what's happening? Everyone, if you're listening, you're thinking we're going mad. We're not going mad. The editor of the Hello! Magazine is the centre of our podcast this week. Our brand new series kicking off uh, series two. The wonderful Rosie Nixon, who's been at the
1: helm for 11 years. Sheesh, I know I mean and hello like who doesn't know hello and if you don't oh, exactly like, can we just say hello any more times by the way um yeah. but if you don't know hello
0: go and buy one where I mean, have you been where have you been exactly <laughs> yeah.
1: what have you been doing have you watched the royal
0: wedding what's happening I just want to say about hello is like one of my favorite magazines because it's so iconic and it also it covers yeah. every single significant event but it's done in such a positive light and that's why it's one of my favourite magazines, so it's a real, real pleasure to have Rosie Nixon on, and she is just totally fabulous and a real inspiration. So you'll be able to connect with her in the app, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Yeah, I can't wait, can't wait to hear it. So if, like me and Amy, you're into Hello, and you're excited about this interview, and you, you like it, then please do share it with a mate, uh, or, you know, even online, if you if you dare. We've actually got a special podcast group within the Femme Foundry app where we continue the conversation online. So if you're enjoying anything from the show, then please do share it in there. Uh, You know, if you want to dissect, get into the nitty gritty of whatever we're chatting about, then there's the place to do it. And we'll be hanging out. And so will Rosie. So we'll see you in there. So, Rosie, welcome to Profoundly. Firstly, thank you so much for coming on. It's a real honour to have you on and to speak to you. I'm really excited to hear all about kind of Inside Hello and sort of your experience and as an author and a, a, as a mother as well, because here at Fem Foundry, we're all about where the professional and the personal collide. So I just want to kick off in sort of your early career I know you've, uh, you know, you've worked uh, as well as uh, you've, your previous credits are sort of Grazia, Glamour, Red, uh, and you've been working with uh, big, big names for a lot, uh, the most part of your career. Did you always know you wanted to be a magazine editor?
2: Um, well, that would be a good question to ask my mum. And thank you for having me on here, <laughs> by the way. It's really lovely to chat to you. Um, Yeah, if you ask my mum, she would say probably yes, because I was the eldest of three children and slightly bossy one, um, but used to love writing. So mum loves producing kind of bits of letters and kind of bits of writing that I that I did, you know, during my childhood. So I think there was always a sort of love of writing there. And certainly then when I entered my teenage years, I used to subscribe to Sky Magazine and Smash Hits and used to love cutting out the song words from Smash Hits and putting them together and refashioning them into my own magazine. So I think I did always love that feeling of paper and writing and communicating and, you know, was a kind of interested in other people as well, which I think is one of the the key traits that you need to go into
0: journalism. Absolutely, and the key traits that you need to to run a magazine like Hello. Uh, And you've been there now for over a decade, which is amazing. What a journey. Yeah, 14 years it will be in April. Yeah, I can't believe where the time has gone. How has working in the magazine industry changed? in the time that you've been part of the industry? Gosh, well, it's changed enormously if you've taken into account, yeah, the whole sort of 20
2: plus years that I've worked in magazines. Obviously, you know, it was all about the print for a long time. And now we very much see ourselves as a brand, a sort of digital brand. Digital is a huge part of our business now, although the print is still very strong for Hello. And um, I think as a media organisation, you have to see each other, as you see yourselves as brand first, so you must be available to your audience on whatever platform they choose pretty much 24-7. They want to engage with you. Um, so it's changed enormously in terms of the shape of the business. Um, but I think at Hello, one of the secrets of our success is the fact that our USP hasn't really changed. So the type of content that we produce, which is all you know, trusted, reliable, kind of kind, um, as well as being informative and glossy and kind of the escapism that our audience wants from their weekly magazine, um, we, yeah, that that has very much remained the same. And we work very closely with the stars that we feature and um, we provide them with an environment that I think is unrivaled. Um, you certainly can't get those big sort of glossy photo shoots into a square on Instagram. So we provide a tool, yeah, that is that works alongside a personality's own ind- individual brand.
0: You know, you've just kind of absolutely hit, hit the nail on the head there in terms of, you know, like kind, trusting. And, you know, because of your relationships, you know, people come to you with exclusive and you cover some really personal events from, you know, weddings, newborns. And I know you're very protective of the people that you do feature. How do you make sure that this celebrity or the person in question is really totally comfortable with the situation? Because I imagine it can be very delicate at times. Well,
2: yeah, but first of all, it's like, we you know we're not holding anyone to ransom or saying you must do this piece. You know, there's a willingness on both sides. So first of all, they want to open up that aspect of their lives. And I'm, I've never been in this business to persuade somebody to do something that's really against their will or doesn't feel right to them. Um, So that's sort of number one, you know, and if there is a willingness to open up what is a very personal time in your life, whether it's a wedding or, you know, arrival of a new child or even inviting an audience into your home, that's a very personal occasion. And I take that responsibility very seriously. So, you know, then we will work closely with that star to make sure that it's all just as they want and that we, you know, achieve a story that we think our audience is gonna engage well with because we all want it to work. Um, and there are more asks you know on these exclusives now as we generally will want some video content if it's a star that performs particularly well digitally and um, we'll want kind of something that's going to work on every platform um, but generally it's not about persuading it's about a collaboration and, and we work together from start to finish.
0: Yeah absolutely and um, I know you do a lot of work with the royals at Hello, What's, is that experience the same is, or is the process very different to when you work with others in the public eye?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's very different in the sense that they don't give out world exclusives. So, you know, a a royal wedding on a large scale like we've seen in recent years with William and Kate and and Meghan and Harry isn't gonna be a hello exclusive. Obviously what they do has to be very sort of democratic and presented to the whole of the royal press pack um, to be fed out across publications across the UK. But we do have a good relationship with them and they certainly see an important role for hello within the British media, because we are so celebratory and, and we know that our audience absolutely loves the royals and sort of, you know, wants to see every aspect of a royal engagement, whereas it might be news for one day or you know, a brief period of time for a newspaper and one picture does that job. Hello will show it over sort of six to eight pages, and you'll see everything about that royal engagement. So I think we take a deeper dive into royal news which goes down obviously well with um, the various offices at the palaces um, and also for our audience.
0: Um, and I, you covered so, so, you know some of the most important events in in history with you know around the and around the royals and I, I that's always one of my favourite things about Hello is because you do get you do get that deep dive and you mm. do get way more than anyone else really covers. Mm. Um, There's a feeling of like the, with a magazine of record I, I really like thinking of us like that that
2: there's something kind of historic and a souvenir sort of feel of those big royal occasions, having them in hello. And you might want to keep hold of those copies. And certainly some of them are in very short supply now end up on eBay. And it might be something that granny keeps in her loft for a long time and the kids bring it down in generations to come and, and they are fascinated with it.
0: It's that sort of like historical diary, isn't it, as Mm, well? a
2: snapshot of that week in time.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's it's brilliant. And have you had, I mean, obviously, I know that you've covered so much in in the time that you've been there, but is there a sort of standout story or feature that you've been really, really pleased to be able to Mm. cover?
2: Well, I guess a royal wedding day is always... An amazing experience at hello and certainly the wedding of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge was incredible you know it was such an insane 24 hours um, we've
0: meticulously planned it yeah I was going to say uh, what what was that sort of 24 hours like what are the things that yeah. you kind of had to think about that maybe you didn't have well, to think about before
2: That's it. I mean, we had sort of a magazine that was going to go to press as quickly as we could late in that evening of the Royal Wedding. So, you know, coming to the office, seeing a whole load of blank pages on the flat plan is slightly scary because you can be as planned as you like. But of course, this big event hasn't happened yet. So we all had very clear roles there was a lot of organization that went on in advance and we had members of the team sort of out you know at various places around Westminster Abbey and in various key places around the UK really to see the reaction uh, from the nation and our royal editor had a had a great spot within Westminster Abbey which was really amazing to see the wedding take place firsthand and then it was a case of really the biggest challenge was sifting through the thousands and thousands of images that came in to find those shots that really were iconic and that were going to sum up the day you know and that's quite exciting when you think you're putting history onto the page and and the nation did look to hello in that moment we sold out we sold a million copies in three days which was amazing so we should have printed more and we did actually obviously go on to reprint Um, but the day was very busy, but we all wore our Royal Wedding t-shirts. I think we had special t-shirts printed with keep calm. It's only a Royal Wedding on them. (laughs) And uh, there was a great atmosphere, you know, within the team as there was for everybody that was watching it and celebrating. So that's really lovely occasion where it's all about teamwork and everybody coming together and everybody playing an important role, whatever that is in in the production process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I remember that a that day so well, and also that issue so well as well. As well. Really? Yeah. Mm. It's. Um, well, I hope you've kept hold of it if you've got one. I think I do yet, actually somewhere. Got... Literally, yeah. we're go we're going round round the house at the moment, kind of just trying to clear out everything. And I've got yeah. so many things that I need to go through, like magazines. I've, I think we probably still have got one. Which yeah, is yeah. They're
2: very short supply in the office. I think we've only got a handful left.
0: Yeah, they all disappeared. I mean, how much space would you need in the office to accommodate all of the additions that mm. you have you've had? I know, but we have like a
2: library wall where all the issues are bound. So we bind one issue into a leather bound book so that we've always got those. So there's one kept there. And obviously now, you know, we're moving the archive onto digital. So we don't need to keep as many hanging around. Otherwise, we'd all be buried under copies of Hello after the now, last 30 plus
0: years. Well, the, the, that and also you'd need like an archive warehouse somewhere.
2: Yes, <laughs> you, true. You'd need like a, a
0: huge library, wouldn't you?
2: That's it. Yeah, you find that you refer to them digitally now. Although, you know, it's lovely to have that one copy that sort of will be kept to the end of
0: time. <laughs> what are your feelings as a magazine editor of the future of, of print, of magazines and newspapers? Do you think there will always be that place for, for print over online coverage?
2: I do. I mean, obviously, the piece of the pie is smaller as, you know, different mediums develop. And I don't think that's going to go anywhere. You know, in the digital world, we're probably only at the tip of an iceberg of how much it's going to explode. Um, And we have to be there with whatever the latest platform is. And we're seeing quite a lot of success at the moment on TikTok and Snap as well. Um, Snapchat, you know, certainly our coverage of um, premieres and red carpet events. We've got the fashion awards um, later this evening and we'll be covering those on all platforms. So it sort of depends what what the event is and which age group is most likely to engage with it or how we present our content, you know, will be relevant to that platform. So it's really exciting. It offers up lots of new opportunities to engage with a wider audience I think print will always be there same as you know books are, are still there and I don't know about you but I've actually been buying vinyl again recently we've gone back to a record player at home so you know I think it will always be part of the mix and there's some, something prestigious and a sort of more of a luxury experience about opening a magazine and taking that time to sit down away from your screen because we are all so glued to our screens that it's actually quite a special experience to sit down and open a magazine and, and pour over the images in a way that you can't really on your digital device.
0: I have to say for me I really savor the turning pages and mm-hmm. you know it's sort of like my my sort of thing is having a bath. And you know, yeah. reading, reading my magazines and kind of knowing that no mm. one, no one can get to me. Uh, you, no. know, like, you know, you don't have your phone because you don't want to drop it in the bath. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's it. Yeah, it's a completely different experience. Yeah, and I, I sort of associate it with work as well when I'm looking at my phone because so I look at all the news sites from. My phone and kind of I'm now gone back to reading books you know actual paper books and I never use my kindle anymore even though I loved that a number of years ago
0: do you associate magazines with work as well
2: um I sp- I sort of do which is kind of a shame because I love magazines um I I do in the sense that I I like to keep on top of, you know, of of what is going on. But sometimes, you know, I'll love it when I go to my mum and dad's house and they might have a copy of Country Life or Good Housekeeping or magazines that I can, you know, dip into just sort of for fun to see what they're doing. But of course, as an editor, you always read them with an eye of an editor and think, oh, that was an interesting thing that they did. Or, you know, particularly love a cover of a magazine and you, you can't help but influence the future ideas that you may have. Um, but luckily it's a very supportive industry, you know, I'm friends with so many magazine editors and we're all very supportive of each other.
0: And that's what also Femme Foundry is all about as well, in terms yes. of women supporting women and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, providing some safe spaces. And you know, really, sort of celebrating and uplifting e- each other.
2: It's so important, isn't it? Yes, there's no stopping what we can do when we support one another.
0: I know, and I know, I know that's really important for for Hello as well in terms of like the content. What I love is it's always so celebratory, as you as you said. But um, there obviously is quite a lot of criticism that's levelled at other celebrity magazines about invasion of privacy and cross crossing lines and sort of you know not necessarily showing people in the in the best light what what do you think can be done about that as someone who's on the inside of the industry?
2: Yeah I think we've seen a lot of changes in that area you know especially over sort of the last kind of eight to ten years and especially since the Leveson inquiry took place you know and rightly so uncovered a number of practices amongst um, journalism that were unethical but I think hello set of ethics and our ethos it's so far within those kind of you know levels anyway that I don't you know worry about it too much and I think we're seeing an end to that time as well thankfully and, and I think a lot of magazines have you know Decided to turn off that route because it's not really appealing to an audience anymore.
0: Yeah, and I think also as consumers, we don't we're not seeking it out anymore as well. It's I feel I feel like you know I'm kind of, you know I wouldn't buy a magazine because it had that on it as a standpoint. You know we're sort of rejecting that kind of that culture, and I think that's a really important place to be.
2: Yeah, no, you want to feel good certainly as an editor. One of the things I loved about love about working at Hello is that we put every issue to bed. To close on a Friday when it goes off to press, and I feel really good about it. And thank God, this is full of such inspiring content that's going to uplift people and take them away from the stresses that they might be facing in life. For that brief moment and they decide to sit down with it and have that bit of escapism and that's a lovely feeling. You know
0: here with like Fem Foundry we're sort of at the intersection where the personal and the professional collide so I'm really intrigued because I know that you're a mum of two uh, two boys as to sort of like what is the sweet spot for you in terms of work and home life?
2: Yes gosh and congratulations to you as well mum to be.
0: (laughs) Um, Well do you know what it depends
2: what day you ask me some days and some weeks it feels completely out of control and that you're not kind of serving one part as well as you might want to be and and other weeks it doesn't because you know it's full on it's i work full time and the kids are at that age where they're starting to grow up a bit so they but that you know their needs are less physical in some ways but becoming more emotional and mentally they need you there so it's a constant challenge with, um, you know, parenthood, you're needed in all kinds of different ways and that will go on forever, you know, but I love it. It's, you know, the mix of having, you know, a busy sort of working life and then, you know, my greatest role of all, which is being a mum, is, is fantastic and I feel extremely grateful that I have them in my life it certainly keeps you grounded
0: and have you got any sort of tips for us in terms of like what your how you have found like calmness in that chaos and what's worked for you yeah
2: well I think giving up an idea of perfection was a quite a big one for me and and just accepting that you know you're not going to be able to keep all the balls in the air all the time things are going to drop and you might have to decide to actually kindly say no to something because it's just the thing that's tipping you over the edge it's not the number one of your priorities at the moment
0: yeah i think that's re- it's it's really helpful because you we i feel like we do get so overwhelmed in terms of obviously you're all you know you you've got your job at hello and you're also a busy mum of two and on top of that you've managed to to write several books uh, how did you move into novel writing mm,
2: well yeah i wrote my first novel um i hasten to add Before mostly before I had my first child, and then I I finished it off when I was on maternity leave. Um, So I certainly had a bit more time, obviously, to get my head around it then. But I love writing. I think if there's something that you're so passionate about in life that you almost have to have it to live, for me, that is writing. And you know, in the course of my role at Hello, I've become much more involved in the management side of things than writing, although I do still occasionally write for the magazine. Um, and I really miss it. And for me, it's my sort of release and my happy place.
0: But like how did you find the process of sort of actually writing it? Was Did you ever get writer's block or is it did it just come really easily to you?
2: No, I mean, it's up and down. It's a real journey when you're writing a novel. And there are days when you think, oh, actually, has, is everything I've written completely rubbish? And, you know, there were lots of moments of self-doubt an imposter syndrome thinking who am I to be writing a novel you know and but something kept me going because I thought if this novel never sees the light of day I will have done it for myself um, and I, I used to write when flashes of inspiration came to me whether that was on the tube on the way to work I'd make notes in the note function on my iPhone or whether it was on the back of a you know of envelope. Sort of, you know, uh, in an office or wherever I was when I felt inspired, I'd write it down. Yeah,
0: and in in those moments that you sort of have had to overcome, like you know, maybe say a bit of a block or or the um, imposter syndrome. How what worked for you? What can you sort of uh, share with our listeners who maybe you know embarking on a project themselves uh, and that need a bit of kind of encouragement to keep going? Because it does it, it is a role it is a roller coaster. It is a
2: roller coaster the creative process. Yeah, and I think every creative person will say that you know whatever field they do I think not forcing it sometimes if I'd be sat thinking oh god I've got two days you know in which I've got to write five thousand words and so sometimes I'd try and go away for a night and take myself away because I I find it found it easy and not writing in London I just had a clearer head I guess and was physically removed a bit from work and the constant sort of emails and calls um And if it's not flowing, I would think, right, I would just put your pen down or move away from the laptop and go out for a walk and do something completely different. Just clear your head, you know, because I think when you sit there, trying to squeeze the words out and you're just not in the right frame of mind do something that can help switch that up. For me that's often exercise
0: I want to speak about your first non-fiction book which is Be Kind which was uh, launched recently and is full of inspirational quotes uh, to help us be kinder to ourselves other people and to the planet you've got some amazing big names in there uh, favourite quotes, favourite recipes for happiness balls Like, how important is kindness to you And, and how did the book Come about?
2: Yeah, well, I'm so proud and pleased. Yeah, with this book, I've got a copy right here and I keep it on my desk as a sort of reminder because I think kindness is a learned behavior. You know, we need daily reminders to bring kindness into our lives. And so the book really was a sort of lockdown baby, and I started thinking about it in greater depth during the course of the last uh, year and a half and as we've already talked about kindness really underpins a lot of our ethos at hello so it was already in my mind because of what we do at hello we launched a campaign called hello to kindness nearly three years ago now about promoting more kindness online so I've been doing already a lot of thinking in this area and then during the pandemic and although you know amongst the tough you know, days that we all faced and the challenges that it brought. I saw lots of inspiration in the form of
0: kindness out there. If we don't have kindness, then what sort of a world are we going to be living in?
2: Well, that's it. I say that to my boys. You know, the great thing about kindness is that it will always give
0: back to you. What is the kindest thing that anyone's ever done for you?
2: Oh, that's a really good question um oh gosh I think I mean I've, I've been lucky in that I feel like I've experienced a lot of kindness in my life and certainly you, or often when you're asked that question think of big moments like the person that gave you a break for a job or something but I think more than anything you remember those people in your life who just smiled and who were warm and who always made you have a sort of good feeling when you left them and that might be not through any kind of brand gesture or something even that you can put your finger on that they did a specific moment. It's just that they have a kind approach. You know, I'm, my boys constantly say to me, you know, I'm drilling into them this kindness sort of message. And, and really for me, if I'll feel that my job is done, if, you know, I don't need them to get the greatest academic marks in their lives, but I need them to grow up to be empathetic young men and then i will feel that i've been a success as a mother so
0: that's such an amazing way to to, to look at it I really, I really like that um now here at fem foundry we have our four pillars which are physical health mental health spiritual health and financial health so i would love to know what your kind of top tips uh, are on each or kind of what what really like works for you so this is kind of our quick fire uh quick fire round so what works for your mental health
2: um getting outside yeah going for a run being being out and about and doing something physical I love going for a run and um I love going for a long walk with the family at the weekend if if, over the winter if that you do get a sunny morning just go out and grab it even if it's 45 minutes um it's it it's you will never regret it I never ever regret that
0: and what about for your physical health are you are you into are you a bit of a fitness guru or are you not so much
2: yeah, no, I am. I kind of like, yeah, I do a personal training session once a week and then I do yoga twice a week. So that that's become increasingly important to me as I get older, and I'm sort of creeping towards sort of perimenopausal age, and I find that yoga really helps me physically and mentally. I do a yoga class on a Friday morning before press day, and I find that it helps me as much mentally as it does physically, I think. But certainly, I think it, improving your balance as you get older is really important, and muscle strength. So.
0: And how do you look after your spiritual health? Are you into spiritual health at all? Mm,
2: well, I'm not so much, I have to say. I'm quite a sort of pragmatist, and uh, I like to kind of, I believe that you make your own destiny, Um, and that you know really working hard and making stuff happen does bring results Um, I'm a very positive person so I think I guess maybe my positivity and the emphasis that I put on kindness is my own sort of spirituality
0: perhaps and finally financial health which we as women Mm. don't discuss enough I don't think no yeah how do you look after your finances what sort of steps do you take
2: yeah, well, I still am very much like, even though yeah I've been married to my husband for over 10 years, I'm still of that mindset. that you know, I have my bank account, he has his, some of them, the mortgage is in a shared one. And I like, to, I'm a working woman, you know, who likes to know that I can buy that dress because I earn every bloody penny for it, you know. And so I I very much sort of look after, I own finance as well, you know, with, with the family, um, obviously in mind, and my husband too. Um, so yeah, I think we are, you know, naturally my parents were, are always sort of very kind of, um, risk averse when it comes to finances. And I think we've become a little bit more kind of, we want to live our life and seize the moment, but yeah within within our means certainly
0: just finally obviously with with hello and with the books going on sort of what's next for for you Rosie over the next kind Mm. of year do you think
2: yeah well yeah no I'm looking forward to this year because I've actually having just published this book I'm in that stage where I haven't got another book on the go I'm due to write another novel um in the stylist series for the publishers I'm still under contract for that yeah so I'm really excited to get my head back into Amber Green and Mona Armstrong and all of those characters. Um, I'd really like to do some kind of writing course. I'm quite enjoying. I've done a a bit of sort of tuition on writing courses in the past. I've really enjoyed that talking to other aspiring writers and maybe doing one myself, because I think it's always a a nice thing to do to get your head back into that. Um, But really just to keep everyone safe and healthy. and happy you know if you're out at all we don't know what's going to be in store again next year keeping it you know your mental health in a positive place really has to be the priority yeah
0: absolutely yeah and finally what has been the best piece of advice that you have ever been given that you can share with us <gasps> oh gosh
2: oh god that is so hard as well uh, i think i think never regret yet never look back Um, And I always try to look forward. Yeah. And if something hasn't worked out the way that you did, you hoped it was going to, then that's because like there are better things ahead. And what can you learn from that experience to make sure that, you know, things do go the way you want to in the future. So keep looking forward. Don't beat yourself up with what's gone in the
0: park yeah I think that's really mm. amazing advice yeah honestly it's so nice chatting to you it's been such a yeah, pleasure to too. actually properly really meet and, and hear all yeah. about your kind of very successful career um, and yeah I think there's going to be so some much. amazing pieces in there for our audience to be able to sort of take away and like apply to everyday lives, which is basically what the aim of the podcast is so thank yeah, you yeah good hope so well um, well it's excitingly our Femme Foundry the new app is out uh, and there's loads of new features. So you can host live streams, you can host events, you can have private groups in there. Um, you can uh, you can connect with people. We've done our academy sessions, which means that you can sort of upskill in your back pocket. So we've got lots of different wellness sessions. So it's all under physical health, mental health, um, financial and physical. I'm just really excited because I feel there isn't another place online yeah. where which is like a safe community for women or anyone who identifies mm. as, as a woman to kind of better themselves, get mentoring, mm. connect mm. and be really supported. And I think mm-hmm. especially with, you know, being so isolated at home, the people still are so it's great and we've got lots of our leaders which is obviously you're one of them which is fantastic rosie thank you so much for chatting to us that's all right it went so quickly take care take care rosie thank you bye bye bye